Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. It's Dominic Ferriello, and joining us in the studio now is Tampa Mayor Bob Buckhorn, who has been on this show before, but first time in the studio. Great to see you. It's good to see you guys. Yeah. How, how are you feeling today? I see you You got out in there and voted already? I did. actually took my uh, 18-year-old daughter to cast her for first vote today. Unfortunately, oh, really? it wasn't for her daddy, but uh, <laughs> she was pretty excited. Is that a, is it a bittersweet feeling? And you it go is, and vote? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. You know, this will be the first time I haven't been on the ballot in a long time. Yeah. And certainly the last time that... Uh, the last week I will be the mayor, right. and we're going to vote tonight, and uh, we're going to elect a new mayor, and I'm going to pass the torch. And Yeah, so it's exciting, but at the same time, um, I think next Wednesday when the new mayor is sworn in, they're going to pry my cold, dead fingers off that desk. <laughs> well, not dead. Yeah, just no, cold. yeah it's just cold. Yeah, right? You know, it's uh, – and you guys know this. I, I, I love this job. Yeah. And, and well, I, you did a good job. The, the, the city uh, liked you, and, and uh, I think it's – I mean, I think it's going to be in good hands, but I think it'll be it'll be sad to see you go. But I, I'm sure – I was going to ask you this later, but we're here now, so what is the plans for the – for the future. I'm going to be your Uber driver. <laughs> oh, it's nice. A, surprised me this morning. Pulled up. Yeah. Uber yeah. XL. Yeah. Out yeah. comes the mayor. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, but I got to learn how to drive again. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, so what So what, what are you What are you, you going to take any time off? Yeah, Mike, I'm, I am I need a vacation bad. I haven't had one in probably a decade of right. any significance. I've never been able to go away during hurricane season. No, that's true. Um, so I'm going to go away. We're going to Ireland uh, beginning of June. Okay. Uh, my oldest daughter starts college at the end of june so i got to get her packed up and off to penn state and then i'm gonna nice. you know spend the next uh, couple months figuring out what my next chapter is going to be i'm yeah. not in any hurry um i want to make sure to do it right and make sure that whatever i do is um i'm going to be passionate about to the extent that i can ever fill the void that leaving this office will be so you you'll want it would you uh consider politics again in the future would you, know, you a, a higher office i mean you got a good reputation i don't know mike when i made the decision a year and a half ago to not run for governor um and i did it for a lot of different reasons but i also recognized that potentially i was closing the window on my public life yeah and i was okay with that um, once you've been the mayor of Tampa, there's really only two places you can go. You can either run for governor or you can run for the U.S. Senate. Neither of those are available or open, and I don't particularly want to go to Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. It's I had a good run. That you say that because I ran into uh, Charlie Crist. It was weird. I went to – I had to take a f- connecting flight in Miami or Fort Lauderdale, and we were on the same flight. He lo- he loves doing that. Like he would go from job to job to job. He don't care. He's the Gene Hackman of politics. He just wants to work. Yeah, you know. But the difference, Mike, is once you've been a mayor. For, first of all, you're a CEO. Yeah. I mean, you're running a billion dollar corporation, forty five hundred employees. You are in charge. To go from being able to get things done to a place where all they do is argue and talk about you know partisan politics. Right. And, and really not accomplish a whole lot in what has become a very toxic environment, that, I'm not cut out for that. I'm, I'm, I run to, to do and not just to be. Yeah. Um, Could you see how, how that affects people? So here you are, used to being an effective mayor who actually can make change and get things done. 
And then you get up in Washington and you spend the first year talking about how you don't like it. But then also, at the same time, somebody's like, yeah, okay, hey, Bob, we're going hunting this weekend. Let's go hunting and we'll talk about it. Then next thing you're like, we're going to go down to the Bahamas, talk about it. And you're like, ah, this isn't such a bad job. <laughs> I mean, that's just how people get, they uh, get corrupted seduced. and why this, yeah, you get seduced into it. And that's why nothing gets done. Yeah. And, and you know, and certainly the current occupant of the White House hasn't helped this. Um, but, you know, the toxicity and the venom yeah. in, in the political discourse in our country and the polarization and of people automatically going to their respective corners, whether it's Democrat or Republican, is not good for the republic. Yeah. And it's not good for the, solving the major problems that we as a country face. I'm I'm a Democrat. I'm proud to be a Democrat, but I'm not the Democratic mayor of Tampa. I'm the mayor. And so for me, mayors ought to run the world. Because we care a whole lot less about partisan politics and a whole lot more about getting results. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's the absolute truth. You're you're the you're the the mayor is the job that if you're a like every I I, I always refer to my college years as my uh, that was my liberal phase where in college you feel like you could save the world and you see all the good left in the world when you're in college. Then you can go on and you could be a mayor and do something and actually get stuff done. But then you get older and you realize like I look at this past election. It doesn't matter who you voted for. I think the the reason why it's so polarized is because neither one of those candidates were really fit to be president, and and that was the that was the problem. And we were both defending and defaming at the same time, and it ripped everybody apart. Well, I mean, the the partisan nature of politics these days, and and the role of the parties is that you end up nominating the extremes. Yeah, most Americans and most Tampanians are little center right, little center left. They're not out there on the in the fringes. But both in the presidential election as well as in this last gubernatorial election, we nominated candidates that were on the extreme left or on the extreme right, which made for a very difficult choice for most people. Yeah, Most people are right there in the center. But folks who are, who are centrist have a hard time getting through the primary process. Adam Putnam is a great example. Gwen Graham on the Democratic side, great example. They were centrist, but the party activists on both sides – want to nominate somebody who's much further to the extreme and advocating much more radical propositions. Right now you have to you have to be like that because when you, you have a president who's so far far right, the only thing that's going to make any sense to anybody is the opposite. Exactly. And yeah. and the Democrats have a, a number of candidates that are trying to drag the party in the discussion to the far left. Um, that's not where most Americans are. At this point uh, and clearly nobody has any idea but who would you think? Who do you think are maybe going to be the top three Democratic frontrunner? I think uh, Joe Biden, if he gets in tomorrow, which he's anticipated to yeah. do. Um, you know, it, it's the, the you know Bernie Sanders is going to be in the mix. Um, I don't know necessarily that that's a good choice, but he will be in the mix certainly for the party faithful. Um, I think you got to watch some of these young folks coming through the pipeline. There's a young mayor named Pete Buttigieg. Oh yeah, who I know who is the real deal. Um, he's young, and he's a mayor of you a much smaller city. You know what's hurting him the city. most? It's a name, man. Yeah, yeah it's hard to pronounce. It. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even really hard. To, once you know how to say it, you can say it. But when you look at it, you're like, booty gig, booty gig. <laughs> and, that, and that's like Huckabee. We can't have it. There's no Putin's not going to be afraid of a Huckabee. Yeah. You know what I mean? We gotta Anyway, uh, he has taken over. He has moved Beto O'Rourke pretty much he, he off has. the scene. Yeah. I mean, he has become the new up-and-coming guy. Uh, a veteran. Rhodes Scholar. Rhodes Scholar. Gay, yep. uh, white. I mean, he's got a lot of things there that he appeals to a lot of people, and uh, he is the 
far opposite of the president. He is indeed. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see whether he can maintain this momentum because all of us have watched these races, you know, and, and, and Beto was a great example. I mean, he caught fire. Yeah. Everyone was paying attention. He raised a lot of money online. And then he sort of petered out. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint for these right. folks. So they'll be at it for a year and a half. Whoever can sustain that growth and, you know, whether Mayor Pete can or not, I don't know. Certainly he is the flavor of the month. Yeah. But I anticipate, um, and I, I know him pretty well, he's going to be somebody that we're going to be paying attention to for the next couple of decades. He, well, he's young enough where, you, do you think, like how much strategy goes into that? Uh, somebody else announced. another, another Seth Moulton. From Massachusetts, yes. another veteran, also, never going to win. Uh, but uh, it's good if you're young to start floating your name out there now as a guy. Hey, Ed, Seth Moulton could potentially be president one day. Why? Because he ran. So it many is years ago. It, for somebody at that point in their career. Um, there's no downside. Yeah, I mean, you're going to build a national network. You're going to build a reputation if you if you carry yourself well. Your your reputation will be elevated, not diminished. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of these young folks that are running, um, younger people, um, this is a great opportunity to take on a president that is not popular um, and is in easy contrast for them. Um, so it's, you know, but what just like Bill Clinton in 92, just like President Obama in 2008, one of them may catch fire and, and be that person. Yeah. Somebody better. Yeah, Somebody better. better if they plan on winning because the president's on fire right now. <laughs> well, as the senior political correspondent for the station, yes. uh, I think that these some of these folks you've mentioned are actually running for vice president. I was yeah, I was going to say that if they make enough noise, yeah. they may get vice president, not necessarily yeah. president. Though. And so what you're going to do is you're going to look to the region geographically to see well, where where are going to be the swing states. You know, is, is it going to be you know, going to be Pennsylvania again? Are we are we looking at it, Wisconsin? You know, yeah. now, but if you start talking about the Midwest, that's where Mayor Mayor Pete's going to start to have an advantage. Oh man, Biden over and Booty? maybe you know, Beto out of yeah. Texas. Yeah. So. You also have to think about, hey, this is, you know, you get enough name recognition and you're going to be more attractive in a sense to be on that VP ticket spot. Sure. Yeah, sure. Kamala Harris so. is another great example. I mean, brings diversity, brings that law enforcement uh, reputation. You know, she's doing well. She's done well raising money. So, I mean, it, there will be a sorting out, if you will. Right. Um, and the top tier candidates will, will emerge. Um, but it's going to be an interesting year. But you're absolutely right, Mike. It, Donald Trump will not be easy to beat. And the no. Democrats, unlike two years ago, where they had no economic uh, platform, if you will, no reason for heartland voters to vote for them, um, you, you can't win a race based on identity politics. You have to win a race by appealing to that great swath in the middle. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, and I saw it here in Florida, outside the urban areas, it was a sea of red. Yeah. And even though the urban areas turned out big for Secretary Clinton and, you know, I was part of, of that group that was helping her outside of the urban areas, it was all Trump country. Yeah. And so until the Democrats find a message that resonates with with the, the working middle class, the group that used to be the foundation of the Democratic Party, yeah. um, they're going to struggle. I, I also think the uh, the fact like all. Over my years, like you say, your daughter voted today. I was very excited the first time I was able to vote. I was very excited for my first presidential election. Um, you want to vote for somebody that says they're going to do things and then actually does yeah. it. And whether you like Trump or not, he's as much as everybody doesn't want him to do, you know, as many people don't want him to do, he's sticking to what he said he was going to do. Oh. And that's what people want. So when you're Bernie Sanders and you tell everybody, 
free Medicare and free scholarships and all that. Be like, yeah, but there's no way in the no, world he's going to no. be able to pull it off. No, no, no. You, you know, the the country wanted to give the collective finger. Yeah. To the body politic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though they had reservations what about... What better way to do it? Yeah, <laughs> then put a guy in there who's going to blow up yeah. the system. Yeah. Now, I think there's some buyer's remorse on the part of some of those heartland voters that we've talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's enough to get them to come back to their sort of Democratic working class roots, I don't know. But the Democrats are going to have to have a message that talks about job creation and economic empowerment and not the special identity politics. It, I mean, it's got to be a message that resonates with working class folks. And and if they do that, they can win. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I enjoy it. I enjoy watching the process. Uh, this one hasn't been, it wasn't that big, uh, the Tampa mayoral race. I mean, Jane Castor ran away with it. I don't even know that we really needed the runoff. Uh, it, she's going to easily, I think, uh, take this job. And I, I Fine. I have nothing against Mr. Straz. I don't know him other than his name is on the building. Uh, but I didn't like any of those ads. I thought they were very, they were very uh, ridiculous in his tactics, and it's a, and that's uh, it's old school crappy politics, and that's what I felt like he was representing at that point. You know, it's unfortunate because I think. Um you know, David started out this campaign meaning well. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a good reputation. He was a very generous guy. But I think, um, unfortunately, the people around him, which to me look like the island of misfit toys, right. <laughs> um, were literally out there trying to settle scores of their own. Yeah. And using David and his money to do it. I think it's unfortunate. I think it diminished him. And I think um, you're absolutely right. I think Jane Castor will be our next mayor. And I think it's unfortunate that the tenor of that campaign um, did little justice to Davis, David's reputation. And exactly. hopefully the, the people around him, the campaign staffers, um, they'll be lucky if they're not charged with elder abuse or, or political <laughs> mal- <laughs> malfeasance. Um, and hopefully they'll never work in this business again, yeah. certainly not in this city, because they don't – what happened to him and the path they chose for him – did not do him justice, no. and it's unfortunate. No, yeah, before we knew him as just a philanthropist. Now I think he's a crazy old man. <laughs> it's, you know, and, and the attacks were, were ridiculous. Yeah. They were not true. I mean, who starts out a campaign wanting to attack Jeff Finnick? I mean, I need 10 yeah. more Jeff Finnicks. I was just going to ask you about that. Out of all the uh, regimes that have been here in that lighting ownership, and the, I mean, I, I moved here in 1989, and this place has certainly changed over time for the better. But that downtown area... We came in with we came in hard with Channel Side, and then it kind of fizzled, and you know, and then Jeff Finnick came in and he breathed new life into the area, and he genuinely wants to keep going. Uh, I think that was the that was the number one. Nobody in this town is going to turn against Jeff Finnick at this point. No, you know? nor should we. I yeah. mean, he is as humble and as unassuming and as gracious and as giving as anybody that we've ever had here. Fifty thousand dollars a game every is game. going to charity. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a you don't go after the saints. The saints are, are protected. You know, and that's where the advice that he was getting from some of these people yeah. um, who were taking his money um, just really did a disservice to him, and, it, and it, it's unfortunate. Well, I'm well, calling the election for Jane. Uh, I, I told the mayor walking in, I say it's going to be 75-25 for the chief. Oh, you're calling it. Um, come on. Stevie Wonder could call it. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah Jane is, will be fine. Yeah. I mean, Jane worked for me for six years. I've seen her in some very, very difficult circumstances. Um, she's solid. She is thoughtful. She's got a great heart. 
I tell her all the time, you don't need to be me, just go be Jane. Yeah. And we, you know, both of us have different skill sets and different gifts, if you will, and and just keep this momentum going. And five years from now or ten years from now, this city, south of Atlanta, will be the economic engine that drives the entire southeast. I hope so. Let me ask you about one of those difficult moments, and that was uh, the Seminole Heights mm-hmm. killer. I mean, that really, we hadn't seen anything like that here in, uh, you know, since the last serial killer we had was up in Gainesville, mm-hmm. and now we got somebody shooting people in an area where we all have guns, so what was really, like, could how hard was it to figure out what was going on? It was very hard because the murders were so random. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there was no pattern to it. Certainly the, the fellow that ended up being arrested for it was not somebody who would have showed up on our radar. Right. Um, but I will tell you this, and I, and I spent 51 days out there in what we called the box. Right, in the area. And the box was the geographic area, which tended to look like a square, of about 10 blocks either way of where all of these crimes occurred. Um, Chief Dugan, the, the, the law enforcement personnel who literally for 51 days were out there 24-7 looking for this guy. Yeah. What I saw, Mike is one of the things that I will never forget, and that is how the neighborhood around the box and the neighbors in the box rallied together. They stood up. They supported our cops. They supported each other. They supported the families of the victims, and they weren't going to back down. And, you know, that community pulled together and is probably now closer as a community because of that tragedy, unfortunately. But it, it showed me what Tampa was made of and what this neighborhood was made of. And and so we hunted that guy, and, you know, I was famously quoted as saying I wanted them to bring his head to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't kidding. No. And I mean, he's taking your, he's taking your people he, out. You know, it was Innocent personal. people, yeah. yeah. It was personal. I, I have, uh, you know, we've all had some sort of tragedy years ago. I had a tragedy in my family, and it's the, it's the shining light of hope in those really bad times is the community coming together at strangers who you really didn't know very well and then a little polite way of coming together to help out and that always happens in a, in a strong community uh do do we have now any further information of what any sort of motive for this kid not that uh and, and dom may know more than i i mean not as best i can discern you yeah. know that the, the trial is going to take place um, I think the 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 evidence is pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Um, I am thankful for that McDonald's manager who did the right thing and turned that gun in because sure. um, had it not been for her, uh, we may not have ever caught this person. Um, but I think I will be as curious as everybody else what ultimately was um, the tipping point for a kid that was up until that point seemingly normal. Right, and not a not necessarily a bad kid didn't have a bad family nope didn't have college uh, educated yeah wasn't out robbing people he just had a weird something was, snapped yeah something snapped and the, and the i don't know if you know this at all but one of the first victims a lady that was killed i had met her randomly at target i was with my wife at target came through the line and uh she asked me to take a picture with her said she listened to the show all the time then I was on a flight when the news broke, and when I landed, I got all these emails from people with a picture of her and I together, telling me that she had been killed, and I, I couldn't, be, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it. It was, it was so random that those things you'll you never get closure to. No, you, know, you don't. Yeah. And, and interestingly, um, we, I, and Chief Dugan have become very close to her family. Yeah, her dad and her uncle who lives here. 
um, and stay in touch with them. Um, you know, just a tragic circumstances for a young lady who was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And um, but you know, it's it, uh, this community. We don't want to live through that again. No. And, and what's interesting, Mike, is is I still find myself drawn to the box. Oh, really? Just to just, just to... I drive through it like I did for fifty one days. Yeah. You know, just all by myself, just driving through there and kind of remembering um, those days and those nights. Um, and, and, you know, it's like a magnet for me because that, that experience was so, um, unique, um, that I just, you know, I just, I just drive it. It kind of pulls me. Yeah, sure. Well, Uh, one of the toughest questions I have for the mayor, um, is when you have a fallen citizen or you have a fallen law enforcement officer or deputy or something, I mean, part of your job is to be there for the city and the family, but when, you know, that's gotta be the toughest job. Um, I would assume that the mayor would have, um, and how you've been able to deal with that. I mean, you know, with with, with what goes on in a city, uh, that's got to be the toughest job I think that you have. You know, Dom, it, it's I've been fortunate um, in the eight years that I've been the mayor. We haven't lost a police officer or firefighter. Now we've had officers shot, um, we've had firefighters injured. I have been in those hotel in those hospital rooms with families. Um, in my 30-year career, we've lost nine officers, and I knew seven of them. Um, so that experience, probably for a mayor, is the worst. Um, but it, you recognize that it's part of the job, and it's part of what these men and women sign up, understanding that that risk is there. Um, I'm leaving here to go swear in the next class of Tampa police officers, so we have a, n- a whole new generation coming through. Um, but it, um, you know, I go to bed every night with a police radio, um, because are you on it with an ear on it? Listen to what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you're I, gonna, I you're going to have problems in the next couple of weeks, buddy. Yeah, my wife will be very happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't, if you start buying capes and stuff and we're going to go out and fight crime <laughs> night, you're going to have problems. Uh, Mayor Bob Buckhorn is here. So you got a couple hours of power, a couple of things we need to do. We have a, a Mike out today, some sort of key to the city. You've been uh, trying for how many years, Mike, to get a key to the city? Uh, I'm going to give you a key to Temple Terrace. How about that? <laughs> this is all I really want. We, uh, we made it, we gaveled it and we already made the change. You said the Tampanians before. We we change it to the Tampaneers. We feel that that's more representative. Yeah, doesn't that work better? Tampaneers is flows. Yeah, Tampaneers. Yeah. Flows Tampaneers. better. Tampaneers. Uh, best best moment of the uh, of the entire time you've been mayor? Um, Anything that stand out? There's a couple. Probably the completion of the Riverwalk. Yeah. I mean, that, I think, transformed our downtown in ways. You used to be afraid to drive over there. Yeah, exactly. It was, bad, it was a really bad area. Yeah. And it's Pete, unbelievable what that's like now. Yeah. it's uh, That was six mayors and 40 years in the making, and yeah. each mayor did their part, but... The day that we cut the ribbon on that was the day that I knew our city was on the verge of something special because that opened up the waterfront to our community. And, and you were absolutely, Mike, correct. People in this town had turned their back on the river. Yep. And they would not go to the river because there was no reason to go yeah. to the river. That river is the best asset that we have. And now you go down there 18 hours a day, It's people are walking and jogging and biking and having a great it's beautiful. time. It's yep. beautiful down there. And then uh, you start with... You start with redoing a park, and then Ulele, and then Armature Works, and then, you know, all the way straight up downtown. You're, the whole thing is just, it's revitalized, um, and it's and it's contagious. It'll it happen in, in other places. Why is it that as big of a city as we are, and as successful as we are with, with projects, and that we don't have a better mass transit here? I think that is our 
biggest it, problem that we have in Tampa. People from no Port Richie can't get to Tampa. Tampa can't get to St. Pete. I mean, we'll tr- we're trying. We'll put you in the ferry. We'll do whatever we can to get you over. But it, it's ridiculous that we're, for such a big city, we don't have a better system. It's our Achilles heel. Yeah. And has been for decades. I think the fact that the voters said the heck with the politicians were taking ownership of this and voted for the referendum in Hillsborough County um, for the first time gave the city of Tampa and Hillsborough a dedicated revenue source that we can use for the next 30 years to build a transportation network. We have never had that. We've always struggled. Um, so now it's, you know, it's not just roads. It's what we call mobility options. So it's rail, it's HOV lanes, it's bus rapid transit. It's a Heartline bus system that is robust and actually is reliable. Um, so it will be a combination of things. But if we don't fix that problem, Mike, yeah. we're going to kill the goose that laid the golden egg. You're going to it'll stall the growth. Yes, it's it's because you know when when people first started putting bikes downtown, everybody was like, oh, you, know, uh, you go to bigger cities and you see how popular these things are: bikes and scooters, and uh, before you know it, segways and all these things. They definitely help moving around a large downtown area, but for what we have, getting to the downtown yeah. is the hardest problem. It is, and and our downtown is booming, and young people are flocking there, and they want to live, work, and play in the same environment. Sure. So, so those options are important, but we need to get people from USF and New Tampa into downtown. We need to get people from downtown to the airport. We need to get people from the airport to the beaches and from the airport to downtown St. Pete. Yeah. Those are the the transformative projects that I think over the next 10 years, Mayor Castor and the mayors after her will have to figure out. One thing I, I do when you brought it up, uh, we do have a really good airport. We Our got Tampa the, airport is fantastic. And it's getting better. Yeah. We just spent a billion dollars completely renovating it. We're about to spend another billion. We're attracting more international flights than we ever have. Yeah. That is our pride and joy and should remain so. What I will regret most about leaving this job is you will not hear my voice in not the tram. That's right. That's I thought about right. that. Yeah. Yeah, at spring break, I went through and I said, oh, he's going to miss that. I'm going to miss that. Yeah. You know? Maybe Jane will say, former mayor, Bob Buckley. Exactly. Could you welcome to Tampa. Maybe <laughs> you know, she'll let that. You know how much it hurts my feelings when I get on some sort of building or a tram or something, and I hear Jack Harris's voice, and I go, for the love of God, (laughs) when are we going to change this? Uh, Your day will come, Mike. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, Listen, I don't want to tell you what to do, but since you're in mayor mode, there's a job opening in Port Ritchie that you might be uh, Clearly. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Uh, and I don't have drug issues. Uh, you know, no. I do have guns, but I don't shoot them at my own guys. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> not doing surgery out of your yeah, van. Right yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you've done a uh, fantastic job, and uh, you've always been very accessible, which I certainly uh, appreciate. And thank you for everything. I hope you enjoy some time off. I know it's going to be hard to get used to, but uh, enjoy it. I will. And, and I... I, I think, and I tell people that this will be like an athlete who's played his last game. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure out what to do to fill the void in your life, if you will. And and this is a job that I love, that I've trained for my entire career, that I got a chance to fulfill uh, my aspirations. And now for me, the next chapter is to find something even remotely close uh, to bringing the joy that this job has brought me. And so I'm appreciative of the folks who hired me to do this. Yeah. And I'm forever grateful. Last question, though, at least from me, uh, mm-hmm. if I may. I just received a uh, text from the chief of police. Okay. Uh, and he wanted me to ask you about when you towed his car. Is, yeah. Did you tow the chief's car? <laughs> you know, it's good to be the mayor, Dom. <laughs> 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 you did.
<laughs> He's your chief of police. I did, but he parked in my space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. funny. Good. That was one of the funniest days. We, we were at a uh, sporting clay shoot, and, and he was messing with me, and he parked in my space. That was clearly designated as my space. Yeah. And so I said, okay, ha-ha, this is funny. Uh, watch this. <laughs> and so we were out there on the course, and I happened to be with uh, the step-towing guys. And I said, guys, go get one of your trucks and, <laughs> Hook and pull his ass out of my face. <laughs> and so they went in there and towed his car and put it over there in the woods somewhere. And he came back, and he's looking around. He's like, where's my car? <laughs> yeah, good luck. Good luck, Dan. Yeah, it's good to be the mayor, Mike. Uh, well, listen, uh, enjoy your time off. Thank you for coming in. Sure. And uh, we'll certainly find out the uh, surprising election results uh, sometime later That's on an, tonight. And uh, hopefully, if I could have an ask, is that this community be as supportive of the next mayor as they have been of me. What do you want, a bridge or a highway or something one day? Nah, what would, what, something's going to come up. What, do, what would you like? A 30-foot statue would be fun. Oh, that'd, be <laughs> sure. that'd be great. It, it's a great place for the pigeons to sit. <laughs> Specifically, he's, he's got it. I want it facing west. You know, I don't want it, yeah. Like Napoleon, always briefcase in this hand. Now, now, what do you lose? The, what do you? Is this is a security guy? This is. Uh, I spend more oh. time with him than I do with my wife. Yes, I think I think I could beat him up if we had. <laughs> yeah, but he could tase you in about yeah, two yeah, seconds. Right, back, I take it back. I'm just uh, what, so, what, so what do you have after now? It's starting tomorrow. You're on your own. Well, not tomorrow. Next Wednesday is inauguration. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm pretty much on my own. They All take right. the car. They take the police radio. They take oh. the vest. Oh. Man. Start having to pay for meals. I'm going to have to. Uh, I do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to drive myself all over the place. Um, Holy. Yeah. I, you know, Mayor Iorio, who preceded me, told me what I will miss the most is the ability to park pretty much wherever I want. Yeah. And so now I'll be schlepping from the parking garage and, uh, you know, getting the tickets and doing all the things that all the rest of us do. Now, yeah, now you're going to be like, oh, I want to be mayor again so I can fix that. Now I understand there's a parking issue over here. <laughs> I get it. So, uh, yeah, mayor, mayor I don't, I don't, I'm going to have to buy a car, Mike. Yeah, right? Well, uh, I suggest Stingray Chevrolet. Yeah, that or you want a job at a pawn shop, my final law just texted me. You can come work over at Capitol Pond <laughs> yeah. right on Bush Boulevard. We'll go show us over there. Would you, do, uh, would you do radio? Would you do, like, um... Uh, I know you and Jack Harris are the mayor's show. You like doing that or no? Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. I do. Um, I've told people I'm done doing free. Right, um, right, right. Time to start. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Seriously, I mean, now it's time to start doing, uh, I mean, who who better to, um, if you want to talk about local politics, than the guy who's been there? You, you know, know there, I think there will be options available to me. And, yeah. and you know, I, while I'm going to step off the stage and I'm going to, disappear off the grid for a, a while bit, yeah. because i think it's important that the next mayor get their feet underneath them and you don't need the old guy hanging around right, right. um but you know i'm not going to stop loving this city and stop doing what i can to help it and so if, you know to the extent that i have a skill set that's applicable you know i'm open to opportunities don't right. do wednesday yeah. nights <laughs> everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.